When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, brother? How you doing? Hey. Oh, God. Can't complain, but no one's going to listen anyway to a couple old muttonheads like us. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming. I really appreciate you. this. Thank All you. All right. Chris did, Chris, did you say yeah. you listened to me? No, I would not listen to you. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you guys doing this. This really means a lot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So let's get down with it, Mr. Austin, on a wrestling podcast, our favorite thing to do. Hell yeah. And I'd like to give a big shout out to your podcast, Wrestle Shoot, as well. I'm a big fan. Um, oh, yes. I really enjoy the segments, the Smells Like Hope segments. The per- oh, good. The personal stories. Um, so if you're a fan of wrestling, man, and you want to listen to two pro wrestlers, go at it. You know, listen to Wrestle Shoot. These guys got some great stories, some great... People on their show, give it a give it a listen. And then, of course, the Smells Like Hope podcast. If you know anybody who might be struggling with substance abuse issues, hopefully that podcast is helping people out. Yeah, of course. I'm sure. It remember, does, man. wrestle shoot, wrestle shoot, big W, big S. <laughs> yep. So you know, let's jump right into it, man. Um, you know, um, I've I've obviously watched your matches. So, uh, oh, like, I enjoyed the match with Snucko, man. Can you tell me what it was like working with him? Oh, God. Snooko oh. was great. Snooko, Tonga kid. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually a pretty interesting uh, interesting night, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he uh, had a little bit of uh, timing issues with everybody's availability for that night at the last minute. Yeah, yeah. I think I showed up late for that. Didn't I show up right before the yeah, match? Like maybe showed up minutes before the match. Right before wow. the goddamn match. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, never met them we... at all in my life. And I just showed up. I'm like, yeah, I think I get traffic. And it just was a long drive. But anyhow. It yeah. was like, uh, including traffic, it was like almost four hours for you to get there, right? Yeah, more. Yeah, it's probably like three. I think it was like three. And then I think it was. The traffic was like maybe three and a half, four. So total was like probably four hours. Well, that's so what the hell crazy. I just said. <laughs> yeah, well, I have okay, whatever. I'm just trying to break it down detail by detail. Anyway, so, finished, so so we're we're getting a little bit nervous here because we realize Mr. Casanova is involved in some pretty grisly traffic, and you know we've been we've been pushing this uh, main dash for right. months now on right. the original. On the original wrestle shoot, that was a radio program that I did with Michael Porter. So we've been pushing that for for months, and Snooka actually was in town for like four days, and he was doing parades and autograph signings and other radio programs and newspaper ads, and I mean the place was was packed. So then finally we get the the word that yes, Chris is here. He's five minutes away. I'm like, oh, thank Christ, because that was the birth. That night was the birth of uh. The apocalypse. Yeah, 
Right. First time the Apocalypse actually teamed up. Yeah, yeah. That was a hell of a first team up. So then, all right, Chris, your turn. What happens when you show up? <laughs> so, well, so, so I get in, I get in the building, and I'm, I'm kind of scrambling around. And uh, your part, I think your partner was promoting the show at the time, uh, Ron. Yeah, right? Ref Ron. Ref Ron. Yeah. Yep. And he, and I met the guy in my life, and he, he maybe been probably in the business maybe thirty seconds, and uh, he, uh, at best. he's oh, but, yeah, great for you to show up. I'm like. I said, all right, where's Rob? Like that that's all I said. That was that, you were a little bit nice. He said we can cuss on this show. You went, What? Shut the hell up. Where's Rob? <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah, shut the hell up. Where's Rob? I heard you say it. That's what that's okay. how you found me. I yeah, was yeah, laughing yeah. so loud. So but yeah, anyway, so yeah, that was that was that wasn't a good start off with him and uh I guess I guess the match you guys watched on there uh, when I dropped the leg on on him because he actually refed the match. Right. In his um, you know what? That's part of the match, was, man. I was so frustrated because I thought the match was over. You know, me as a fan, I'm thinking, okay, Snuckle's going to win. <laughs> and then, boom, shakalaka, in comes right, Crass, right. Casanova coming in hot. Yeah, <laughs> dropped the leg on. That was a little receipt, though, too, you know, just like – and he was cool. Yeah, I, you know, he – kind of talking to me back about it he goes yeah that, i had that coming I was like, yeah you did and he kind of you weren't supposed to drop a leg on him you were just supposed to go in there and give him a little quick booty to the head and you just said oh that wasn't oh, supposed yeah. to happen that wasn't no, no, that was that was a great great receipt oh okay great right. yeah that was improv right there man i just threw that in there and uh he knew why he he understood he's like yeah you know i was a little out of line i was like all good, man. You took your receipt like a man, and it's good. So it moved on, squashed it. But yeah, that was real. But uh, I had the best view in the house for that spot too, because I'm laying on the ground. You know, and I glance over, and I saw that ref's face. He didn't turn his face at all, boy. He just went. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought it was a nice touch to the match at the end, man. That was I get I give you props for that one. That was really cool. For what one? For the leg drop on the ref, I thought that was like oh, a nice yeah. touch to the match at the end. It'll give you some more heat, you know, as as heels. So you give ref Ron a receipt with the leg drop. I kissed uh, Tonga Kid across the forehead real hard with that belt. So like, yeah, a lot of receipts were handed out that night. Well, well, well let's go about the backstory on that. So oh, yeah. Tonga Kid was was bitching about laying down for us, right? The whole entire time, like he was bitching, and I guess Jimmy had to Jimmy had to put him in check, basically. You're like, gonna lay that, or I'm gonna smack you in the fucking mouth, brother. <laughs> yeah. That was his exact words. But because it's, it's funny, because it was uh it was Snooka's idea. We were gonna put them over, you know, just doing the right thing by the old man. But right. you know, Snooka had, had the idea that me and Chris have now of they're the old guys going out. They should be right. putting the younger guys over. That's yeah. That's how you build new stars. You know, it's yeah. that's the business. So like he took yeah. a little bit of coaxing. I was like, you know, Jimmy, people, people didn't pay to see us beat you. They paid to see you beat us. And he goes, nah, brother, they just paid to see me. Doesn't matter what the fuck happens. And then he said that, yeah, we, we get a rematch. So everybody's happy. You had the rematch. Yeah. We did the rematch. Yeah. Did he put you over in the rematch? No, I think in the rematch we laid down for them. Is that right, Chris? Yeah, no, we we laid down for them. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. And we were hoping to work a Broadway out of it, get a third match, but it just kind of never happened. Yeah, I really enjoyed that and match, I, man. Um, you got Rob, man. You really got heat in that match, pissing with the crowd and everything. Like they were really. <laughs> <laughs> like but see, you, that's you got to see the beginning of it. Now imagine, after you know three, four, five years of us really fine tuning how to piss off the marks. Imagine how much heat we got. If you like that, imagine how much better it got. Yeah, I mean, you guys are excellent sales. I give you guys credit for that because that was just amazing. That match. We, we used to do the apocalypse uh, 101 classes, right, Chris? Remember that? We'd be like, oh, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> and then Chris did, yeah. uh, this, is a, this is a toothbrush. I know it should be called a toothbrush, but y'all only have one tooth anyway. <laughs> so you guys yeah. have been attacking yeah. for how long? Oh, God. But probably oh, about as long as God's been around. I don't know, a long time. Long time. I think twelve. I think twelve, ten, twelve years, roughly. Yeah, on and off. Yeah, on and off. I mean, we would split up so we could feud because we would, when we worked each other. I mean, even, even our worst match we would have against each other, like when you had the flu at that uh that car show gimmick. But even when he had the flu, we still had the best match of the night. Mm -hmm. Right. Working working against each other. So. No matter what, we always got it over. Oh yeah. Seems like it, man. Seems like it. What's so how, how did you come up with the name Apocalypse? Where did that come about? I feel like that was your idea, wasn't it, Chris? When we were talking about when uh, our manager, Rick Michaels, was talking about, oh, we'll be like the Four Horsemen, like the Four Horsemen. We have to think of a name. We can't call ourselves the Horsemen. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was funny because a couple of days before that, I was um, watching that movie uh, Apocalypse Now or something like that, and it was on TV, and – for some reason that stuck in my head and so like we were us talking about the horsemen and i'm like what about the apocalypse and then like you just got quiet for a second you're like because it was dude, genius you're like, dude that's a fucking great idea like it's like the four horsemen of the apocalypse we just take the horsemen out it was yeah it was perfect it was, right it was and when, you, with, when you think about it it's something fresh too you know it's it's something new you know that's never been done Nobody really knew what to make of the name, why we came up with it. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, like Mystique to it. They didn't really understand it. But you remember it, when we got it, that letter from the uh, goddamn church or something, or some uh, mother's group at a church? We think the apocalypse is irresponsible, blah, 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 blah. And I wrote him back saying, with all due respect, kiss my balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, Chris, what should I say to these guys? She said, I don't know, whatever it is, make it short and sweet. So I said, how about kiss my balls? No, kiss my dick. <laughs> That's what I said. With all due respect, kiss my, kiss no, my kiss dick. dick. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's something, man. Because, you know, controversy sells tickets, man. When there's people standing outside of a venue that we're booked in because we pissed them off so bad that they're holding up signs, promoters are booking that shit. They want that controversy. They want that attention. Right. Sometimes you got to be real with it. I mean, you you, you had to go a little outside the line there. That's that's fine. But you got you got to do that. And we did that on quite a few occasions. And I think, well, maybe multiple occasions. But uh, I think when you're going out there, I think I think our whole sole goal was to get everybody to hate us. That was like our goal. Like we made our mission. And so anything we did, anything pretty much no holds barred for the most part. I mean, yeah. 
think I, I think I like dumped some nachos on that 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 chick or something. She's spitting at me. <laughs> I remember that. Pushed it right in her face. He grabbed me. This 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 stupid bitch. This juggalo chick spit on him, and he reached up underneath her hand as she was holding her nachos in and shoved it right up in her. Was there that security was, to break it up or anything? Or what? No, I don't. I don't remember those. Those juggalos. They got. They had a lot of talk, but they didn't want to scrap with us because we knocked them the fuck out and they knew it. Yeah, them, them yeah. juggalos, man. When they come to crowds like that, yeah, they're, they're like wanting to get in fights and riots and. No, see, they pretend they want to get in fights. Like we have, uh, we did a, a a show once where I wrestled the Rude Boy, and a. Uh, what was it like a cyclone match or some hardcore ridiculousness like that? Sounds like a tag match. I wasn't in that match for some reason. It was you and Mike Rain? And... You didn't want to do it. You said, "I don't. I'm not going to do hardcore." Well, I did. Yeah, I wasn't going to. Not not with him. I mean, yeah. it's, <laughs> he's fucking untrained. I mean, no disrespect, but I mean, we worked. It's all in, we, we worked a gimmick with Rue Boy where he was going to be laid out after the match and twitching and like he was really injured and. And it got over like a million bucks. That was Rudy's idea. But uh, you had these jugglers out there. They were calling 911 from the crowd and shit. We had to do some damage control, having our own people call the cops going, look, it's, don't worry about it. It's fine. There's nothing happening. But then we were leaving after the show. It was like 45 minutes after everybody cleared out. And me and Chris are walking out the back door with, I don't know, a couple of women, I think. And it was like 10 jugglers out there waiting for us running their mouth, talking shit. And I said, look, yo, y'all better, you better figure out how to leave the show inside the show because now we're outside and you're about to get fucked up. <laughs> and every one of them backed out. Wow. Yeah. Just for a little publicity, you know. It's... Of course, Chris had crazy eyes going on. Boy, he was ready to fight some juggalos that day. <laughs> <laughs> we're not yeah, in the ring no more. <laughs> yeah. Uh uh, don't perform for juggalos, then, huh? Nah, juggalos are cool, man. It's just they get themselves worked up into this group mentality frenzy, and they can't, they can't, it's like they have no self regulation thing in their brain. They just kind of go crazy. But then when somebody wow. shuts them off with regulation, suddenly their, you know, uh, preservation instinct kicks in. We're like, uh oh, whoops. Sorry, guys. We're out of here. <laughs> Take yeah, off. what's the fantasy land? like they think they forget it's fake for a minute and then they think it's i don't know think it's actually real it's happening and i think they forget that and then all of a sudden when you call them on it they're like oh shit it's still real oh we're gonna get our asses kicked (laughs) (laughs) well it's like that that one juggalo uh that real fat kid when we were doing that thing in Folsom uh at the 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 national convention or whatever this one juggalo up front just starts running his mouth about, okay, big, bad, fake wrestler. And I said, little fat boy, if I could take somebody in there and dump them on their head and not kill them, what can I do if I'm pissed? You want to find out? Well, and- you know, another thing, I think it's really disrespectful for any fan to call wrestling fake to a pro wrestler. You know, yeah. you guys have had your fair share of injuries. So if they were to step in the ring and do what you guys do, you know, they'd think differently, you know. But, you know, it's not even really our share of injuries. It's, it's any wrestlers worth their salt who've got any time in the business come from some kind of a amateur background, whether it's strong right. or like me and Chris. You know, there's, there's three levels of, of professional wrestler, right? You've got the worker. So I'm just going to say that. Right. So that's like John Cena. 
that's the guy who knows how to entertain. He knows the moves. He, he understands psychology and how to do a work match, right? Then you've got the shooter. That's the dude who knows what John Cena knows, but he also knows how to get down there and really wrestle and really understands pressure points and muscle groups and how to put the pain on. And then you got the hooker. And that's the dude who pretty much says, if I want you hooked, you'll be hooked. The guy who can beat the guy, the guy that, that people get concerned if they're booked with. Like, am I in trouble? Are you, are you sent out here to kill me? So me and Chris <laughs> are definitely right there between shooter and hooker. That we haven't lost, right. we haven't lost the shoot. Yeah. Hell uh, yeah. We come from old school. We come to old school. I mean, you come from Paul DeMarco right. and uh and I come from Mike Modest. And I mean those guys are definitely old school, you know, old school shooters and, and hot hookers. I mean, don't, you know, kid yourself on that. Um, those guys were the real deal and you know, they definitely passed some of that stuff down to us and you know, we were taught, you know, right, right, a young, you know, right, a young age in wrestling school that, yeah, learn how to defend yourself first before you learn all the the working and the the psychology on that. You got to learn how to kick some ass, and that we went right. months with that months Stick, and sticking us in the bullpen all the time. Boy, those are nightmares. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, I remember getting stretched. All, I didn't get stretched in my early days, man. Oh yeah, it was, but that was, you know, that was some tough learning right there, but. I wouldn't. I wouldn't change it. Oh, no, hell no, not. And also, just to let you know what the bullpen is—that's that's an old school term. I don't think these new guys coming out of—I don't think these new guys coming out of camps has ever been bullpen. But that's basically where the whole class gets around you in a circle, and mm-hmm. the trainer will call out names or numbers, and they just come out there and legit shoot on you. And pretty much, you got to beat everybody in the class or get beat. Wow, that sounds dreadful. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. That's why yeah. it's like when they did heat day on me, you know, that was nothing. Shit, I'll take chops all day long. Bullpen, don't do that to me anymore. You, you could take chops all day long? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. But that's, that's what heat day is, is when you're just about to graduate, everybody in the school pretty much gets in a line across the ring, and you've got to wrap your arms under the top rope and stand in the corner. I just let everybody come through and chop you like two or three times. But by the end, oh, okay. by, by the end of it though, that's like 40 chops. <laughs> well, see every interview you see about a professor, they always say chops are the worst. You never want to take a chop. I'll take chops all day as long as they don't mind getting it back. <laughs> Cause I remember hearing, you know, um, Brad Hart say he, he never wanted to take a chop from Ric Flair that nobody ever wanted to take chops from Ric Flair. He was the worst <laughs> when it came to, I don't know. I took chops from Snooker. That's rough. I watched you take chops from Snooker. You look like it looked like it hurt. Oh, when he when he gave me that belly chop. Oh, that son of a bitch. That's why uh, I don't know if you remember right. Quit laughing, Chris. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I was great, man. I had a great laugh out of that. Throws that chop into my stomach, and I said, "Oh God!" Then he puts me into the rope, goes for a sunset flip, and I kick that old son of a bitch right up in his chest, triple hard. So when you heard him go, oh, when you heard him go, whoa, he's going backwards. That was that wasn't a sell. <laughs> man, them chops made me cringe, man. To watch him, <laughs> I was like, that gotta hurt. <laughs> you know, Snooker is one of those and all those goddamn Samoans, man. They all just come on with it. Like like when Snooker or when a TK splashes you in the corner. 
you're afraid you might shit yourself if it hits you so hard. Right. Oh yeah. And I for remember. for Snooker, man, his age, for his age, man, doing what he was doing then, you know, God bless him for putting on a show, you know. I know when I went up to the top rope to give him that splash for him to roll out. I was really, really concerned he wasn't going to roll out in time. I don't know why. Like, the second time we did that spot, I was like, fuck that. I'm coming off that rope. I hope you don't move, old son of a bitch. <laughs> but the first time, like, you could see it on the tape. I'm concerned. I'm like, I don't know about this. I don't think, I don't think he's going to move. He was looking pretty gassed down there. Yeah. Yeah, I seen he was taking a few bumps, man. I was really, you know, like, like you said, concerned for him because his age, you know, he's been in the business for a long time. Yeah, that's why it was going to be nice on until he gave me that belly chop. <laughs> do, do you know how old he was during that match? No. I just know that no. that day we did that match. And unfortunately, you know, my – Hey, how old? Yeah, how old he was. Do you know? Uh, you know, honestly, I want to see. He was probably like in the early 60s. All I 60s. know is that night wow. was the 20-year anniversary from the coconut spot with Piper. Yeah. And I have this uh, absolute gutter bitch of an ex-girlfriend who, when I was out doing a, a show and we broke up, she took all of my DVDs, my tapes, everything, and she gave it all to Goodwill when we were gone. Otherwise, there would be a whole lot more stuff <laughs> of us on YouTube. But the beginning of that night, uh, before Chris showed up, he went out there and called uh, called Snook out. We gave him a leg. He said, hey, let's get this man laid and put a lay around his neck. And said, you know, we brought you an anniversary present. We pulled out the coconut. <laughs> so everybody got heated up. That's why we went to the ring, in case you were wondering from the video, why the hell is he holding a coconut up? We were teasing the coconut spot from earlier. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that was, a, that was yeah. a hell of a good show. Oh, it was. Great. Yeah. Great um, then Chris is yelling out, break that coconut over his head so I can drink the water. You know, I, I heard somebody say that in the match, yeah, too. That was Chris. And I was wondering where that came from. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was one of the, somebody in the crowd. Yeah, I thought it was somebody in the crowd because I was, like, looking all around. I'll tell thinking. you what, uh, Cena was there before he was Cena, back when he was still the prototype. Oh, really? Yeah, he was mm -hmm. there just to work out with everybody else. Yeah, I know he was in Ohio Valley wrestling when he was the prototype. No, he he, he went he... to Ohio Valley for a little bit as the prototype, but he wrestled out of Los Angeles. He wrestled out of um, who was that guy's group? Uh, Chris, uh, Bastine, ba uh, uh, yeah, Rick Bassman. Bassman, Bass, Rick Bassman, Rick Bassman. Right. Yeah, he was coming out of Rick Bassman's camp uh, hmm. back then. He wrestled in California for God most of his career. They just sent him over to OVW to polish him up a little bit. Okay. In fact, I, I mean, years later, he's a 16-time world champion, so he must have done something good, you know. A dude, I can John is a, John is a hell of a guy, one of the nicest dudes you ever nice want to guy. know. There you go. Yeah. Yes. He just, yeah. and he works hard. He deserves everything he has. Good. Yeah. I mean, I grew up a big fan of John Cena. I had all the wrestlers, the posters. You know, everybody looked up to Cena growing up. We were a couple of the guys who was really pushing him to go go do toughen up go give it a try he was pretty resistant to it at first yeah yeah but yeah good good for him man he he, he did it oh yeah go but uh, now he now he gets to ride the experienced cow go johnny yep <laughs>
He's a he's a big movie star now too. You know, he's doing his thing with movies now. He's all over the place. Yeah, but I like, I like the, I like I like the cow commercial. Boost. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, the cow commercial. Yeah, yeah, the cow gimmick. Hey, they're paying him, so good for him. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, if he's making money, you know, he. You think he's been in the business for you know since two thousand two? Well, and WWE since two thousand two, he's accomplished everything there is to accomplish. Sure. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. All right. So. uh you know, next topic. Um, not to change the subject or anything, but I'd like to know uh, who was your biggest influences, like to get into the wrestling business. I'll take that one first. Sure. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, God, Brett, Rick Rude, uh, the Freebirds, man, the the Bushwhackers back when they was the sheep herders. God, uh, Marty and Sean, I like them a lot. Mister Perfect. Mr. Perfect. I like Mr. Perfect. Well, you know, like I, I say all the time that I spent the first five five years of my career and I was just a blatant ripoff of Bret Hart and Kurt Henning every match. Sprinkled <laughs> with a little bit of Arn Anderson. I always liked him a lot too, but Arn I could never figure out. Bret and, and Henning for me were easier to figure out, but Arn, Arn was innovative. He was different every single match. Yeah, yeah. You know, mine honestly was, I think my Captain Nova gimmick, I kind of bit off of Rick Rude a lot um, with my Captain Nova gimmick. Uh, Four Horsemen, I was definitely, yeah. when I was a kid, I looked up to them, getting into business. You know, we talked about the whole heel thing. Most of, most of the guys, most of the workers I like were heels. And so I think it's why I really came natural to me when I was out there. I always wanted to be a heel, wanted to get the crowd to hate me, and yeah. So, but yeah, Rick Rude was probably one of the biggest, biggest influences um, starting the business. But we um, learned real early on in our careers that you know, everybody, everybody wants to be the heel, but be the heel, that's a lot of work, man. You got to, you have got to know your game and you've got to know their game because it's, it's not the baby face who's calling the match, it's the heels who's putting the face over. Right. So that's like when we were being pushed in the beginning of our careers individually as, as babies, we were getting a little frustrated. When when are we going to get to work heel? And DeMarco pretty much told me when you when you wipe the snot off your nose, you little bastard, you'll be a heel when you hold to it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you guys have been a heels the majority of your career then? Yeah. As the as the, the apocalypse, yeah, certainly. Yeah, we got over. We can get over, however they tell us to get over. But what we won't do is anything that's gonna gonna diminish our intellectual property, you know, our stock out there on the scene. So we're not gonna go with this company that we've been working for a heel for a year and then want us to do some stupid, ridiculous babyface turn that makes no sense and go along with it. I mean, there's there's right. been a million times where promoters have said, "This is my idea," and Chris has chuckled and says, "There's got to be something better than that." Sorry, just it's not gonna it's not gonna fly. But uh, yeah, I think about eighty percent of our careers we were definitely hit him we with the, hit him with the Mister Mexico story. Mister Mexico story, I think you tell that one better, man. That's yeah. a good one, man. You do <laughs> all right. You do. When we were out there in Austin, there was this little God, this this guy, Mister Mexico, was somebody. You know, was never really somebody, but he was working in the seventies and eighties a lot. Just because pretty much anybody could smack him around. DeMarco, my trainer, had nothing nice to say about that guy because he was a kind of a shit worker. 
but we meet him. He recognizes us. He took up the conversation, asked us to start come working his shows. But we were thinking, we're in, you know, we're in Texas now, and let's, let's try a different gimmick. Let's see what else we can get over with. So we come up with the Border Patrol. And the part of Austin... This, this, this is as your gimmick? The Border, the border Patrol? The Border Patrol, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And this is in a, a part of Austin where it's just really majority of immigrant farmer Mexicans. So people who were over here primarily illegally, they all work real hard all week. And on the weekends, they go to wrestling and they drink and all that good shit. Most of them don't speak English, but God damn it, they know what the meager is. They know the Border Patrol. <laughs> so we go out there and work a couple of times. And we're doing these matches that don't make any sense. And this guy can't seem to draw flies with a handful of shit. I mean, he, does, he, he was a horrible wrestler and he's an even worse promoter. But then... <laughs> We show up one day and we're like, yo, what you got in mind for us tonight? And when you get real cocky, oh, do you think that Hulk Hogan asks Vince McMahon what he's got for him tonight? I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. Why don't, we, <laughs> why don't we give Terry a call and ask what his opinion is, you smug bastard? What do you got for us tonight? <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, we're going to book you against these guys. And I said, well, those guys are – and these guys were terrible. All of his wrestlers on his promotion were terrible. They were all guys that he trained, so they were all just fucking garbage. Oh, they were horrible. Well, that Jojo Bravo kid was pretty good in that um, – But he didn't – He Jewish didn't, he didn't come Jewish from him. With that? He did, um, Bravo didn't come from him. Bravo came from somewhere else. was just going out there to work for him. Okay, okay. But you're talking about his school, basically, where all the students became police. Okay, yeah, I got you. were garbage. Anyway, he's got us booked against these little little garbage kids that are about half of our size. And he said, they're heels. And he goes, oh, I want you to work these guys. I said, you want us to work heels? And we, oh, well, well we, we're, we see you guys as a face. What? You have us <laughs> in a Mexican area <laughs> as the border patrol full of people wow. who don't have a green card. And you want us to be baby? Are you are you stupid? Man, DeMarco used to warn me about guys like you because of guys like you. What the fuck are you talking about? And he goes, well, just go out there and work with these guys tonight. We'll take it from there. So we're like, all right. So we're talking to these kids a little bit. And they're like, okay, well, here's what we want to do tonight. And one grabs Chris's left arm. The other one grabs his right arm. And they're like Fucking trying, big mistake, big mistake. They're trying to like, figure out, dude. trying to figure out exactly, remember how they want to do this spot they want to do on Chris. And he's watching him kind of do these arm rings on him and shit. And finally, he just rips his arms free from both of them and goes, yeah, we're not doing any of that shit tonight. And they were like, oh. And I said, look, guys, you're going to go out there, you're going to listen to us, and you're going to have a good match. And if, if we feel for a second like you're going to try to take liberties on us or you're going to hurt us, you've got to know that bad shit's going to follow through. So go right. out there, open your fucking ears, shut your mouths, and just do what we tell you. Well, they did. the promoters didn't like that. I, I said promoters with quotation signs. Like, they didn't like that. And one of them tried to start getting squirrely with Chris. You want, you want to take any of this story, Chris? Yeah, well, yeah, well I don't even remember. What was he, Ray or something? Is that his name? Yeah, Ray, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Ray J, let's call him Ray J Brony. How's that? Yeah, yeah. So he, he starts saying, well, you know, if you want, if you want to work here, blah, 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 blah. 
you, 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 can, you can just fucking, you know, when he said something about a schmoz, that's what it was. He said something oh, about a yeah. schmoz. I said, we're yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I said, does it make any sense for, for us to lay down for your kids? Because they are collectively half the yeah. size of one of us. So, you know, we can, we can put them over or we can end it in a schmoz or whatnot. And this guy looks at me and goes, uh, excuse me, excuse me, Rob, if you don't mind me asking, what's a schmoz? And I just scratched <laughs> my head because, wait, you're supposed to be a pro. You don't know. And for those, whoever doesn't know what schmoz means, it just means a, a time limit draw, no winner, schmoz, a throwout. But this yeah. guy who's a trainer and, you know, their champion, Papa Don was his name. That was his gimmick, yeah, Papa, Papa Don. Papa Don, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, that makes yeah. about as much sense as his work rate. I mean, just that tells you everything you need to know about this guy. <laughs> yeah. So then I he think- says to Chris, well, do you want to just step outside and talk about this? Like, Chris is going to back down. So he goes, yeah, let's fucking go. Yeah. You think it would have made sense to make you guys heels? I mean, to throw yeah. you in a, in a venue like that with, yeah. with- until you're going to be baby faces, you guys have been hills, you know. You know how to be hills, obviously. We know how to be baby too, but yeah. you know, you got to give us a little bit of notice. You want us to be baby, and we'll change the gimmick up and figure something right. out. Right. But yeah, it's... so yeah, he, so we walk outside, right? I think I think honestly, like I called his bluff because he was. Uh, as soon as he got outside, I, I, I guess he expected his uh, boys to come out with them, like all of them, and like yeah. But I put no a stop, I put a stop to that shit in the locker room. They were all getting up like they were going to, and I said, "I don't think so. Sit your asses down before something bad happens to you." Yeah, yeah. And he changed his. He, as soon as we got outside, it was I think it was Mix. Did Mix still come out with us too? Yeah. He came out too, and uh, yeah, I guess Ray he changed his tune real quick. He's like, I said, well, you want to do this or what? And he's like, oh, well, no, we just need to talk, you know. We, we just want to talk through this. I'm like, okay, good good choice. Yeah, we could have talked inside, douchebag. Yeah, I think, uh, it's a good choice for you. And uh, so anyhow, it, we're, we're going kind of back and forth, and he's just trying to explain to us. And finally, Rob says, fuck this. We're done. We're out of here. And and then uh, I guess Mr. Mexico mentions, <laughs> well, oh, you're fired. You guys are fired. You're fired. <laughs> Like, yeah, com- I think you had a comment wow. or something after that. I said, fired? Fired? What are you talking about? We're here doing you a favor, doing this bullshit ghetto thing you got going on for free. We're fired? You can't fire us. I already told you we're leaving, you weak old piece of shit. There's a reason that Paul DeMarco used to smack you around like a baby, because you're a bitch. And then, yeah, we grabbed our gear, chucked it in the car. Well, we went back into the locker room, too, to get our gear after talking that shit. And nobody wanted to step up to us. We were on fire then. You're pissed. Yeah. Oh, boy. And it was a good decision on everybody's part to just look at the floor, shut your mouth. We'll be out of here in a minute. And then you guys can go on to talking all the shit about us that you want. Yeah. Were they hard to work with in the ring? Oh, yeah. They were garbage. They were, they were, they were heavy. Yeah. They didn't get up for anything. They only kind of halfway listened like what that one big fat black dude in that in one of the matches that we did when he gave me a body slam and then says roll out of the way okay so when you roll out of the way you roll to your left and he came over with this weird diving kind of field senton ish kind of thing but like i had to roll like four times to the left to get out of the way and he goes in the back oh well usually people roll to the right when i do that 
Why would anybody roll to the right, dipshit? That's not how you do it. People roll to the left. You should have come at me off the other ropes. Who trained you? Ray? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's not how we're doing things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you could have just said, sorry, I screwed up. But I'd be like, hey, no problem, brother. Nobody got hurt. We're good. But he had to make this big thing like I did it wrong. Like, dude, we're not in Mexico. This ain't Lucha. But even even in Mexico, on that kind of a spot, they would have rolled left. Oh, of course. Yeah. Always so. work off your left. I mean, but yeah, that, that was one, that was a story about, that was one of the stories that, you know, promoters did something stupid. I mean, that's one of the ones that really stand out. You know? <laughs> that's, I think that's our white whale of idiocy. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Mexico. That guy's, you know, I should have smacked him in the mouth in, you know, in the name of Paul. Hey, this is from DeMarco. Smack. Yeah. What did the five fingers say to the face? Slap. <laughs> wow, man. That, that's that's an interesting okay. story. You got a million of them, dude. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> um. So, Rob. You told me the other day when we were talking about Vince McMahon, you said that we have two different ideas of the business. Well, sure. You said that I have a, I have a, right. You said that I have a scoot opinion about Vince McMahon. Can you explain what, that? What did you say that led up to that? Um, you said you listened to my podcast, an episode of my podcast. Oh, right. Okay. So in general, about, well, 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 you, okay, you do have a skewed opinion because look, your job. Oh, I'm curious about this one. <laughs> he was he was pretty <laughs> much going on and on and on about you know Vince's bad booking and Vince will do anything for ratings. But what you don't understand is Vince doesn't have to do anything for ratings. Do you understand? Vince has right. ratings. Yes. Vince's ratings are sewn into his cock, man. He is never going to worry about, is anybody going to watch this? Now, his numbers might drop, but numbers will rise. Vince is coming at this from a third-generation promoter. And Vince McMahon is an absolute genius when it comes to the wrestling. He's a great businessman. The problem that that I have with Vince is when he started firing the wrestling writers and hiring the, the movie and TV writers. Because basically, okay, when Ric Flair would go out there and cut a promo, it sounded like Ric Flair. And then Hulk Hogan sounded like Hogan and Jim Duggan and Arn Anderson and you know, Macho Man. They all had their own unique styles. The wrestling writers would say, we want you to hit these bullet points in your, in your promo. And nowadays, everybody's given a fucking script. This is what I want you to say. And this is all I want you to say. And they do. So it doesn't matter who's cutting a promo. It all sounds like it's coming from the same brain trust. It's the same person cutting all the promos. And that's where I think Vince is right. just trying to try something different that I don't think is working. And that's hurting his business right now. But, you know, for like Chris Jericho, man, he, he says this ridiculous shit on his podcast that, me and Chris just made fun of him for a little while where he said, oh, you know, uh, Vince McMahon is, is offering all of his guys' bonuses not to jump ship from him and come over to AEW. And that's such a load of horse shit. That is Jericho just stroking Jericho's own self off. Because Vince 
Well, if you look at if, if you look at Jericho's current gimmick right now, if you've watched the current product, I mean AEW is pretty much laughable compared to what WWE is. I know WWE does some dumb shit, but man, what AEW gets to pull off. Is think unreal. about think about when Hogan jumps you. Hogan left to go to WCW, and then Savage, you know, Hall right. and Nash, and all these dudes are jumping ship. Vince didn't run around there saying, uh, I'll pay you guys extra money to stay. He said, if you want to go, then there's the fucking door, man. Get on. And in the meantime, yeah. I'm going to make Steve Austin and The Rock and Kane and Triple H, and I'm going to make new stars. Vince will never offer anybody a red cent more than he has to, especially out of fear that somehow AEW is going to pull something off that he wasn't ready for. AEW is nobody. TNA thought they were a big somebody to go against McMahon. They're barely keeping their doors open. And I, yeah, I'm surprised TNA is even alive today. I mean, they got Ken Shamrock now, who's in his mid-50s. They have, they're signing all these MMA fighters, you yeah. know, guys in well, their they're 50s lucky. They're lucky to have to, Ken. To wrestle Ken, for them. Ken's a hell of a hand. He's, he's somebody good to have around. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, look back to when they had, you know, half the roster, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, guys like that, and then like, they have nobody. Right. And it's sad to see that it's sad to see that place go downhill because like in 2005, 2004, that place is booming. It, it had talent. It did, yeah. Everybody is making the exact same mistake that WCW made. Taking the mindset and being very loud in public about we're going to put the WWE out of business. My ass. You know when the WWE will go out of business? When the McMahons decide to. Not because somebody puts them down. Ain't nobody got the years, the experience, the money. WWE is a, is a right. $2 billion, with a B, dollar corporation. Now, I get Tony Khan's got himself a lot of money from the NFL, but he ain't got the billions to invest. That Titan does. Well, he's got oil money. So, yeah, he, he's up there. I mean, he's definitely up there as a billionaire category. I mean, well, his, that oil but, money comes from his dad. Oh, yeah, it's his dad. Well, he's, we think his dad. His dad's the, dad's the primary owner. I mean, they own it together. But no, granted, um, and I'm, 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 I'm with you on that. I'm just saying yeah. Dixie Carter had money from Panda Energy coming in. Yeah, but Dixie yeah. Carter didn't know what the hell she was doing when she had that company. I mean, she bought it from Jeff Jarrett. I mean, she turned that company into the ground, I think. I think she did pretty good with the limited I agree, resources. I agree. You agree with who? Yeah, I agree. She put it to the ground. I mean, well, screw I you, buddy. Yeah. You're supposed to agree with me. I mean, yeah, she did. I mean, that, that company it was so good when Jarrett had it. And then, when you know, when Jarrett couldn't keep up with it, it went to Dixie, and Dixie just – the whole the whole storylines and everything just it wasn't even watchable anymore. And you know, I, I've said a million times to Chris, I feel like Hogan is in is an assassin working for Vince, man. Every company he goes to, he just drives their stock down and then goes back to work for Vince. I well, think Vince is paying him to kill the competition. I mean, yeah, I mean they they took Hogan out of the Hall of Fame for a while, I know. Um and then they, they brought him back and Every time he's every time he's in the ring or you know cutting a promo or something, it's just "What's up, brother?" This and that. It's like, man, come on, you're seventy years old, give it up. <laughs> yeah, but you can't, you cannot bash Hogan. Yeah, I'm not saying Hogan was killing these companies because Hogan is bad. Hogan was putting these companies down because he was being paid to. 
And you want to see people say Hogan can't wrestle. Oh, Hogan's a terrible worker. Go ahead and look him up on uh, YouTube, Wrestling Muda, and I'll show you something about Hogan that you've never seen. I mean, I yeah, like I was I respect Hogan, but like what you know when he's in WWE or something, he's just all about himself. You know, Hogan this, Hogan that. People look at him like, okay, <laughs> hey, maybe now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, back but then, you, you know, it worked, you don't see, I mean, you don't see him around anymore unless he's just there to talk something up. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I, but like you look at guys like Stone Cold, man. You you put Stone Cold in the ring. I mean, he gets over every time. You know, crowd loves him. They'll always love Stone Cold or guys like Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels. Yeah, you know? sure, sure, that's true. But you know, they they've made their stock, and you know, Bret, Shawn, Steve, they all knew when to throw the towel in and get rid of it. But, you know, they also didn't have a wife who took 80% of everything and had to start all the way over. Right. I mean, not that mm-hmm. I know of. <laughs> not like poor Crash Holly. He'd just, he'd make himself a few million dollars. He'd marry a stripper. She'd divorce him and take all of his shit and he'd have to start over. You're talking about Bob Holly, right? No, Crash. Uh, oh, that's that's his partner, right? That was... uh. Oh, what was were they that, doing, that, like a cousin's gimmick that, or something? Yeah, that, right? I thought that. I always thought that was his brother, like storyline-wise. You know, I don't know. So. Yeah, some, something like the Hollies, their cousin, his cousin, or something like that. Yeah, they were like they were like doing the Dudley thing. They're all cousins. Oh yeah, then Molly, Holly, cousin Molly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Molly, by the way, is fucking hot. Oh, um, I mean, yeah, till they shaved her head. <laughs> She could shave her head. She could shave every inch of her body, and she'd still be sexy as hell. Oh, man. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big fan of Lita myself. Lita looks like a truck hitter in the face. I don't care. She's still hot. <laughs> Just saying, with no makeup on, you're like, oh, my. I don't know, man. You wouldn't turn it down, though. Uh... Would I turn it down? No, of, yeah. course, of course not. Yeah. Yeah, no. But, you know, I've, I've taken some real bags home before, so <laughs> you, can't, you can't really use me as a jumping off point. Yeah, I'd screw Lita, sure. Some real bags, like you mean the fabulous Moa or Mae Young? or <laughs> Hey, you, you, put a, you put a wig on Chris Castanova, I'll take him home. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm sure there's a gimmick. That's, that, that's, there's a gimmick out there. There's, there's a new character for you. There you that, go. There you that, go. That would be a good gimmick for a good screw job. Start us off feuding again. Coming in 2021. No, in 2021 comes the Conquistadors. Yeah. You, yeah, you were talking about that, the Conquistadors. You're looking for a confirmation for that gimmick, the tag team name? Oh, it's not confirmation. It's uh, we're just waiting for the trademark final approval. Oh, okay. And you guys are going to yeah, go back into the tag we team? We own the name now. Oh, do you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, great. Oh, yeah, we own the Conquistadors. You know, the original Conquistadors died, so they're not carrying it on. And then some landscaping company bought it. Really? And then for some reason, there was a, a block run because McMahon wanted to buy it again, and he couldn't get it. So he did Edge and Christian doing the El Conquistador. Yeah, I was, was going to say, I thought Edge and Christian had that gimmick too. But yeah, they weren't the Conquistadors. They were the El Conquistadores. Uh, okay. And we're coming back as the actual Conquistadors with an original look and all that good stuff. Well, keep it going, so we're man. Gonna go out, we're going to go out there and do what, you know, Snooka did for us and other lots of old guys have done for us in the past. 
They put us over. They made us look good in, in our territories. So we're going to go out and work new territories or other territories and put their guys over. Make right. them look good and hopefully hopefully teach them something in the process. Right. And, you know, um, not to change the subject, but back to Vince McMahon, you know, um, I think creatively, like he's a, he's a good businessman, but creatively, I mean, some of the decisions that are made are hurting the business, whether they're made by him or just the writing team. And as you said about the writers, you know, they hire movie guys that are writers for wrestling. And that's, that's what's hurting their business. You know, um, got people that don't know the product are coming up with these storylines. You know, this isn't movies. This is pro wrestling. And which is yeah. a movie. Right. Well, yeah, I, I mean, agree with that. Right. I mean, the storylines are terrible. They are, they are, uh, you know, they even brought back Ed, they brought back Edge, I guess, out of retirement injury uh, to be with Randy Orton for the right. one hundred thousandth time. And he, he's and, and he's currently injured right now. You know, is he really? Yeah, he, he said he's taking like eight months to heal. He has a tricep injury right now, and he said that uh, it's taking more time to heal than he thought it would. Right. So whether he comes back, you know, yeah. that's on that was money well spent. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I understand with COVID going on, they're desperate for ratings, but if you can't give us decent storylines, then, and this is what you, this is what you got to do for ratings. Then I don't understand it. Uh, you know? Um, yeah. But see, that's what we go back to is you keep throwing out that word desperate and they're not desperate. If anybody should be desperate, it should be AEW. Yeah. They're the new kids. They're not, they're not the granddaddy. Granddaddy doesn't get married. Right, Granddaddy just does what he does. I think Stephanie and uh, I think Stephanie and H are kind of were running some things too as well. And I don't, I don't think that really helped. Well, I, I, I think I think Triple H is running NXT, I, I believe, right now. Yeah, and he, is he's NXT now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you, you take a look at Raw and SmackDown. I mean, compared to NXT, I mean, it's just completely different. NXT is like the more dominant brand than Raw or SmackDown together. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, and you know, yeah, Triple H, Chris is is running every aspect of NXT now. That's kind of where, because that was the brand that was about to fail. So Vince made the decision to make him run that. I mean, he still works as a, what is he like a vice president of talent or some or shit title? Talking like about that. Triple H. Yeah. Yeah, he's the CEO of uh, of okay. talent relations, I believe. But then he's running 100% of NXT, and, and it shows. So when people say, oh, it, it's uh, Triple H and Stephanie who are ruining the WWE, yeah. that, that's no, not true. No, Triple H, I mean, he, he, you see the way he's running NXT. I mean, it, it's better than AEW, anything AEW puts out. I think so. Right. And, you know, NXT – or not NXT, uh, AEW is still trying to get their legs under them. They got a great running start, and they got Cody in the right position, and they got people where people need to be. But that doesn't matter if nobody's allowed to come to your shows because the whole thing changes with no crowd. Well, yeah, I mean, they had Chris sure. Jericho as a top heel in that company. He was AEW real champion. I think he was doing his best work at the time. But what he's doing now is laughable. I mean they- – Did you say he was doing his best work? As I, the AEW I mean, champ? I think so. I mean, not, he was a great heel when WWE. I mean, he's one of my favorite heels of all time. He's Y2J, man. Right. And I, I thought he did great work in AEW as a heel. 
and I, yeah, I, but it wasn't his. It wasn't his best. Work. Well, okay, his best maybe, work was in his twenties and thirties. Okay, maybe I mean I mean maybe I got ahead of myself, but right, okay, <laughs> but um, I think he was a great heel in AEW, but they dropped the ball. They they did this segment with MJF and Chris Jericho this past Wednesday that was like a a musical of some sort. And, oh God, and, I yeah, know, I saw that. Yeah, I mean, if, you see that, Chris? No, I didn't see that. You should Google that shit. Chris Jericho doing a fucking Broadway show tune with somebody I've never heard of. And, I mean, oh my God, it was embarrassing. Can you can oh you imagine? If, can you imagine if WWE pulled this off? How bad people would be talking? And this is this is you're talking about the same company that did the fucking Katie Vick abortion angle, and not even they would go for that, right? I mean, if. If you listen to my most recent podcast, man, I was so frustrated when I, when I seen this because I thought, man, is this what pro, pro wrestling is now? Do they even care? Thing is, after this whole virus, it, it people when people are released and the independents start coming back up into business, that's going to force the TV shows to up their game a little. But right now, they're yeah. the only thing the only thing in town. You can't you can't go to an indie show. You can't see ingenuitive ideas that are written and performed by wrestlers for wrestlers by wrestlers right yeah yeah I mean, what do you think chris chris what what do you, now? What do you think <laughs> man i don't think anything man to be honest i think i think wrestling's definitely gonna change though after the COVID, the covid's gonna gonna be over I think Absolutely. I think we need crowds. I think we need fans in the seats. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a, a change. And but I think overall, Vince is. Uh Vince... oh, we lost Chris. Uh oh, Chris, we lost you. Maybe a connection problem. I think. Chris, we lost you. Hang on, let me send him over a message here. Okay. Technical difficulties. I apologize. Technical difficulties. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Reload. All right, hold on. Tells me to re- oh, son of a- <laughs> All right, well, we'll Work on getting Chris Casanova back here. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, like I, I think, you know, not only did they need crowds, but better storylines, you know, maybe hire a new writing team, if even. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Something, man, because it's. The current product is it's 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 not even worth watching. And they have the talent, they can't say they don't, but sure. Well, uh, that's yeah, actually you say they have the talent. They seem to be starting guys off at uh, maybe a different level. I don't know. Just well, I mean like, they call so many guys up that they, you know, they don't know what they're doing with. They call them up to the main roster from NXT and then they get either thrown into the mid card or to the main event spot too soon. Right. And it's like they don't know what they they don't know what they're doing with the current roster what that they have now. So they bring these new guys up and it's just pandemonium. 
I don't know. Another big problem is these guys are coming out of wrestling school with just not okay. Like when I went to school, it was a year program. You know, when when Chris trained, he trained for over a year, and that's back when people took it really seriously. Nowadays, they're graduating these kids in three months, and it just what can you do in that time frame? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a it's a state of affairs, but you know, there was a time when in the seventies, uh, wrestling was going to hell again too. In the eighties, thing came around, and and then it came to the Hogan era, and they pushed that through to the Attitude era. But then it's kind of went to shit again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I hope it gets better. I mean, it, there really ain't much you can say right now. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's true, and I don't know if we're going to be scoring Casanova back. Oh, that's fine. I appreciate his time being on. You guys have been a big help. Well, I'm still pre- trying to still trying to reach him. <laughs> well, yeah, um, I appreciate you guys being on, man. This is this is great. Yeah, be you're you're, you're doing. Ah, uh, here we go. Chris, welcome back. Terrible connection or something. Yep, bad deal. Yeah, thank you for coming back. And like Probably I was just saying, uh, having guys like you, you know, out there uh, pushing, pushing to improve the product is one of the things that helps keep the product alive, keeps it relevant. Right. You talk about guys like me or? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah you're, I mean, you're doing a, I mean, you're not getting paid for this. You're doing a wrestling right. podcast for fun. And of course, everybody wants to monetize their product after a while, but you're doing it now yeah. for free, for fun. And you're putting a, a, your own flavor on the menu right well i'm not i mean like i said i'm not a pro wrestler i don't know the business like you guys do but you know i do my best to give the audience what they want what they want to hear yes sir yeah 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 Yeah, sometimes you know sometimes it's not even what they want to hear sometimes really i mean you put your own like 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 you just said rob you put your own flavor on the menu and People look at it, and sometimes it can be controversial. Some people agree with it or not agree with it, but at the end, it's you're like, being you, being unique. That's what people love. Like and hell, I'm no I'm, I'm no Jim Cornette or nothing, but <laughs> who is? Nobody's Cornette except old Jimmy himself. That's what oh, we man, were talking. I love, I love Cornette. We were talking about the app the other day too. We were like, you know, well, Cornette puts his shitty spin on the business. I was like, yeah, but that's Cornette. So Cornette gets to talk shit about the business. Because everybody Cornette takes, can be a prick, man, but, but every, everybody prick, man, takes Cornette with a grain of salt. Nobody really right. takes what Jimmy says all that seriously, right, Chris? No, yeah. no, no. I mean, this <laughs> this is the guy that had a temper tantrum over a fucking hamburger at Wendy's. So he, uh, he, he Dairy takes, Queen, actually. No, it was, yeah, no, it was, it was a, Wendy's. It was Wendy's. Was it Wendy's? Are you sure? Oh, I'm positive. Don't you argue with oh, me, uh, brother? I'm okay, gonna, all right. I'll come smack it down. I don't want to. I don't want you cutting their promos on me. Uh, yeah, you damn right you don't. That's the one <laughs> thing you don't want. Because <laughs> as as I'm cutting a promo and you're staring into my eyes, Chris Casanova's coming up behind you to hit you with a Japanese suplex. Bam! Oh, like man. that. Better not mouth off. I'll catch a couple chops to the chest or something. I'll just say nobody <laughs> yeah. can nobody can shut somebody up with a Japanese suplex like Chris Casanova. <laughs> Son of a bitch. 
I mean, yeah, Cornette, man, he's a legend. I mean, his his opinion on wrestling, I mean, he, he criticizes the business a lot, but he has so much, you know, knowledge about the business for as many generations as he's been in it, you know. That was a very nice way to call Jim Cornette a surly old bastard. That was good. Well, I mean, he's 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 a genius. I give him that, you know. Yeah, I don't know about, <laughs> I don't know about that. I do oh, know come that. Come on, dude. Oh, come on, come on. What Jim Cornette? Uh, Jim Cornette was only as strong as the other writers around him that were writing. I don't know, man. I mean, I listen to his podcast every Thursday. He he. He knows what he's talking about, honestly. He knows what he's talking about, but I mean, you be in the business for 112 years like Cornette, you got to be right at least half the time. Right. Um, great, great manager. Great, great yeah, manager. Mid- he, he did great with the Midnight Express, man. He, you know, the promos he cut even then were great, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Midnight Express. Better than the Rock and Roll Express, I'll tell you. That shit on AEW yeah. was embarrassing. I felt bad for him. Yeah, I mean. But Gibson, boy, I, he could still bump. Yeah, I, they took super kicks, I thought, didn't they? Hey, he, took that a, gimmick? he took that spiked, uh, spike pile driver. It was Morton. Yeah. It was Ricky that took that one. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. Ricky, Ricky took that, but. Don't, ever, don't ever correct me, Casanova. <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's your perfect example the, the you know the rock and roll express they didn't have nothing else in life man that's sad yeah. i mean they they pissed their money away and uh they have to go keep wrestling because that's all that's all they know and it's it's, it's sad it really is you got a lot of, you got a lot of workers like that they're still working in independent teams in their 60s and 70s and it's just it's sad yeah you that's know same. You got, you... cocaine's an expensive drug they'll tell you <laughs> well you gotta imagine man how many pills they're on you know medication to keep them cells moving <laughs> i take this one well i took this one for the arthritis i take this one for my heart i take this one for my well, cholesterol I mean, you look at like snooker we talked about snooker man how much pain he had to be in after those matches and oh snooker was never in pain he smoked too much weed and mm-hmm. drank too much to ever feel pain I mean, oh. to take the kind of bumps he took, though, even at that age, I mean. Sure. But then, you know, Snooker's not, but five minutes away from the venue, and he's sparking up a joint. So Jimmy knows how to handle his pain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true. Mean drunk. Mean, mean drunk. drunk. I am ha- oh, was he? I almost had to kick the dog shit out of him one night, man. That was a rough night. In fact, the next <laughs> night when he was wrestling Chris, because he's being such a mean son of a bitch the night before and then he was still pissed off about it pissed off at me so we went out there he went out there and did this horrible lazy match with Chris I had like Warpath and them guys in the back kind of trying to calm me down so I was going to hit that ring and tell, tell Chris to take a powder I'm going to finish up I'm going to make Snooker work for that money yeah, he's, an old, <laughs> he's an old man though I don't give a shit we paid you him, hurt him. Yeah, I wanted to hurt him that was the point yeah, that you wanted to hurt Snooker. Oh yeah, I was gonna. Do, I almost whooped his ass the night before. It came close. Well, should we tell the story? Have at it, brother. So, the story. So then I think it's like the third time you brought him in. But I think the third time you brought him in, we waited quite a couple of years. Right? What? Three years? Three, three years, brother. Three. three fucking years. So 
we pick them up and we go out to uh, we go out to was it Applebee's or Fridays? Yeah, one of those gimmicks. I don't know. Which is pretty cool because the manager, the manager of the place, knew Snooker was, so we got this free food and free bar tab. And why me a bar? And I'm gonna be honest, Jimmy can pretty much out drink most people, man. He's yeah, we we kept friend. we kept up with him. I mean, the bar tab and the food was like a seven hundred dollar bill that the manager comps or something like that. Yeah, but uh, so it started off as a joke at the beginning. You know, just having a couple beers and like you know took you three years to book me and and so me and Rob, Rob like well, look man you, we tried to book you but you were always you weren't available you're always booked right he's a busy so, man as, as yeah yeah so as the beer as we're drinking drinking more and more and more Snooks gets more and more like he's becoming a fucking asshole at this point like he's becoming to a point where he's he's insulting and well, uh, in Snooker's defense, actually, that didn't happen until we got to Modesto to scout the club we were working the next night. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. After yeah. the night came, we finally get to the club, and we get back to the room. and uh, Still drinking the know, whole night. Still drinking, man. Hop fucking barely can stand. Uh, barely can stand. He's talking shit to Rob. He goes, you're a fucking piece of shit. You know, you didn't book me for three fucking years and blah, blah, blah. And he, he's going off, man. He's going off. So, Rob... You, I think you want to finish this part because well, uh, you flash, man. Three fucking years, brother, and you don't book me. You're a piece of shit, brother. <laughs> You're a fucking... Tell him, Chris. Tell him he's a piece of shit, that fucking bastard. And Chris is going, nah, nah, Snucker. You're on your own. You need to you need to shut the fuck up. And Yeah, yeah, I'll shut the fuck you, motherfucker. And I finally flash. Like, you know what, dude? I'll get out of this chair and knock your old ass into the fucking grave. The fuck you think you're talking to? <laughs> you know who I am. You watch your goddamn mouth, or I'm gonna close your eyes for good. And I got fucking pissed and got up and went outside to cool off a little bit. And he peeks his old head out the door, kind of like a kid, you know, looking around the door when daddy's pissed. Right. And he says, "You better be fucking nice to me if you want this show to happen tomorrow. This is my show." And I, what you fucking say to me, motherfucker? Yeah, I went out. This is your show. Well, I, I don't gotta pay you, right? This is your show, so you gotta pay me, you old motherfucker. Yeah, dude, I I lost my shit like a shit covered shit. I was pissed. So, yeah, I'd have kind of restrained you back a little bit, dude. Yeah. I was like, dude, just luckily, settle down, man. Luckily for him, you were there. Because I when I say something like, you know, I'm not the superfly swatter is not just a gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, okay, hold well, on. Well, I thought dude. that was Jimmy. funny. Jimmy, stop. <laughs> yeah. Stop talking, Jimmy. And, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a rough night, though. But, uh, yeah. Because the but, next yeah. night, he goes out there. And he was being kind of okay. He was being a little bitchy, you know, kind of like his badge was still a little sore. But he gets dressed. He goes out there for the main to work with Chris. And he's just doing this lazy, lazy match. And I see this, and I'm like, man, Fuck that, dude. We paid him too much for this shit. And I'm real quick, I'm real right. quick throwing my gear on. So I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna tag Chris out. I'm gonna fuck Snooka up. It took some of the bigger gentlemen in the locker room to kind of calm me down a little bit. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Cause I'd already I'd already gone back and got cleaned up and got dressed and I was I was done with my night of work. But after the match, Chris comes back and sees me in my tights and boots. He's like, What the hell's going on? Just I was gonna go out there and kill that old motherfucker. Snooker walks by. I say, hey, what the <laughs> hell's wrong with you, dude? He's like, oh, it's fine, brother. It's fine. He just keeps walking. Cause, but he walked 
briskly. So he knew I was right and I was pissed. He knew he was wrong. But, you know, we ended up hugging and making up that night and it was all good after that. But that was a pretty rough couple days. I mean, the first time out there partying with Snuka, you know, he was nice. The second time, he was a little squirrely and surly. The third time, he was nice. Fourth time, he was a pricket. He was a full-blown prick. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Alcohol is a hell of a thing with, with the uh, Samoans. You got to be careful. Yeah, I mean, God bless yeah. him. I mean, yeah. he's had a hell of a career, though. He did have a hell of a career. He got to wrestle the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's what made him what he That's is. That's right. Huh? If it wasn't for us, there never would have been a lie. <laughs> right. <supply>. right. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you guys for being on tonight, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for having us. It's been fun. Sure. Thank you, guys. Um, Rob Wild and Chris Casanova, check them out on Wrestle Shoot. That's right. Wrestle Shoot, um, one word. Right. You guys have anything coming for that podcast? Anything new? Well, I got Exciting? into a little bit of an argument with a, a Trump guy on Facebook, so they kicked me off for 30 days. But we got, oh, we got okay. some things in the works. We're uh, talking with uh, Brian Nobbs. We're trying to get Brian Blair. Right. We got Marty Giannetti. We got uh, Chris Geyer, who's the pissed off dwarf, one of the premier ninja wrestlers of our time. But we've always got something new coming right. down the pipe. We're trying to get a hold of Bushwhacker Luke. Yeah, that'd be yeah, great. We're basically man. trying to pull no. in all of our old, our old cronies, but you know, all of our old cronies are old cronies themselves now. So it's like, oh, I don't know. I'll try to make some time for it. I'll see what I can get worked out. And I say, what are you doing? This is a virus. What do you got that's more important? Yeah, we're all freaking almost somewhat self-quarantined. Yeah. But yeah, we got things coming up. We always try to shoot for bigger and better and better. So right. keep looking course. out for Wrestle Shoot. We'll surprise you. All right, man. Well, thank you guys for your time. I appreciate it. Hi, brother. It. Thanks, man. All right. Take care, guys. Yep. yep.